Hi, gorgeous. Uh, welcome to episode number 24. Our amazing guest today is Lisa Earl McLeod. Hi, this is Lisa Earl McLeod. You're listening to Heart Cells Podcast. Enjoy. Before I give you some more background information on our amazing guest today, Lisa Earl McLeod, I just wanted to make sure that you have gotten your sales journaling prompts. These are actually prompts that help you to shift your mindset when you use them. And you can download them at christineschlansky.com. Make sure you sign in to the success library for all the amazing free content and grab your copy of the sales journaling prompts. Start today to shift your mindset into sales is love and sales is fun and you can so do this. So let's dive into Lisa Earl McLeod's background a little bit more so you understand what a remarkable guest we are having on today. Lisa is a global expert on purpose-driven business. She is the author of five books, including her bestseller, Selling with Noble Purpose. Lisa has spent two decades helping leaders increase emotional engagement and competitive differentiation. She developed the Noble Purpose methodology after her research revealed that purpose-driven organizations outperform their competitors. So gorgeous, you are in the right place because if you are listening, I am so sure that you are a purpose driven organization. Lisa is a former Procter and Gamble sales trainer who found her own firm McLeod and more in 2001. Her firm's clients include Cisco, Rush, Volvo, Dave and Busters. And Lisa has also keynoted in 25 countries and authored over 2000 articles. She has made appearances on the Today Show and the NBC Nightly News, and her firm's work has been featured in Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, and NPR. Her newest book, Leading with Noble Purpose, How to Create a Tribe of True Believers, is a breakthrough book that shows leaders how to win the hearts and minds of their teams and customers. So I'm so, super excited to have her on today. Welcome, Lisa Earl McLeod. Oh, it's so good to be on here with you. Awesome. I just love, love, love what you are all about. It so resonates with heart cells because you're all about selling with noble purpose. And you've written this amazing book with the same name, Selling with Noble Purpose. And um, also you speak at a lot of events and conferences about this. Um, so the listeners just had a little Lisa uh, bio in a nutshell. Can you maybe share something that we don't know yet? Sure. Well, the backstory of Selling with Noble Purpose really came about because I spent uh, years as a, a corporate sales executive and was a corporate sales trainer for many years. And the backstory is I was 
looking for that magic thing that differentiated the top performers. Mm -hmm. And what I finally came to realize was it was an internal motivation, what I call noble purpose, to really improve the lives of their clients. And so the backstory of Lisa is I spent 20 years living these sort of dual lives. One of them was this hard charging sales executive. And the other part of me was this, you know, loving, caring, giving mother. And it took me a good solid couple of decades before I realized that the combination of those two things was actually the single most powerful thing. And the only way I realized that was by doing research around what differentiated top sales performers. And that was where I identified this emotional element that was very much focused on the client. So the backstory is finally in my forties, I came to be who I had been all along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so often we have these realizations uh, at a later stage in life, which mm -hmm. is also fun because at least, you know, we, we find out that, the easiest thing is actually being ourselves. <laughs> it's true. And it's, and it's interesting because when I talk about selling with noble purpose and there's, it's more than just an idea, there's a real methodology behind it that takes you from how to position yourselves to how to open sales interactions to how to negotiate. But when I first talk about it, one of the things that I get is I get one of two reactions. I get people saying, oh, thank heavens, this is what I've always believed about sales. Because selling with noble purpose is really about having what I call your noble sales purpose, which is a clear identification of how you make a difference to your customers mm. and using that to drive through every element of sales. Whereas most people are taught in sales is that the driving force should be hit the number, hit the number, hit the number, make money. Yeah. But what we yeah. actually found was that the top performers, the sellers who performed at the top, whether it is in a corporation or whether it is entrepreneurs, the ones who generated the most revenue were the ones who had that drive, but the drive was, how can I improve the lives of more customers? And it, it's a nuanced thing, but it's very distinct. And, and so I was saying is I get one of two reactions. I get a lot of people, usually their top performers saying, oh my gosh, that's what I knew all along. Wow, that, that's true, this thing that mm. I had inside of me. But the other reaction I get is from people who want to create a false dichotomy. And they'll say, but don't you have to worry about the number? Don't you have to worry about the number? And they kind of miss the point because it's the integration of that assertiveness for improving the lives of customers that actually produces the number. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I so, so agree. I always say sales is love. And that has the same reaction. Either people freak out because they think it's so not true or yeah. they think, well, that's really interesting. Yeah, because we are giving our products, our services. So, so many people in the audience, they have their own businesses and they come up with their own ideas and creations and put them to life. Um, what would be a really good advice um, or story you could share for them not to really be afraid of making that offer and also making the offer at a price point that they really truly want to ask for? Okay, I, I will share a story on this one because it's emblematic. And what I want to tell you at the start of this story is if you are an entrepreneur that has your own business, I want you to think about why you started your business. What was the niche you saw as I, as I tell this story? And at the end of the story, I want to talk about 
how you can use the feeling that you have to create higher margin sales. So about um, 10 years ago, as I said, I had a sales consulting business and I still do, only it has a slightly different bent now, but about 10 years ago, a major uh, biotech company asked my team and I to study their sales force and they wanted us to identify what differentiated the top performers. Because in sales, the difference between poor performance and good performance is pretty easy to put your finger on. Uh, you were a sales leader yourself. You know, poor performers don't know the product. Great perform, you know, great performers know the product. Good, uh, poor performers don't make sales calls. Great performers have a regular routine of sales calls. And it's, it's a very defined set of skills. And most of us know what those are and we can train to them. But what was harder to put your finger on is what differentiates the exceptional performers. And so that's what this company asked us to study. And so we went out in the field working with their sales team. We shadowed them, we did ride-alongs, we watched them make sales calls. They were in the medical profession. And we were always searching for what is that magic thing that differentiates the top people? And we were near the end of the study and I was with a representative um, in Phoenix, Arizona, which I'm an American and Phoenix, Arizona is like one of the hottest places in America. <laughs> and so I was riding around with this woman in July, going in and out making sales calls. And we got to the airport and I had, was going to get out of the car and I had kind of a long walk back to the terminal. You know, I've got on a jacket, I got my bag, it's really hot, I'm about to get on this long flight. And so we're sitting there in our car and the air conditioning's on and I just had a minute and I decided to ask her a question that wasn't on our list of questions. And I asked her, what do you think about when you go on sales call? And I will never forget her answer. She kind of looks around the car and she says, well, I don't tell this to very many people. And I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, would this be really good? <laughs> and she said, I always think about this one particular patient. She said, I was early in my career with this company and I was standing in a doctor's office and this woman, this older woman, grandmother looking woman came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder and said, excuse me, miss, are you the representative for this drug? And she said, yes, ma'am, I am. And she said, the little old lady looked up at me and said, well, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for giving me my life back. Because you see, prior to taking this drug, I couldn't go anywhere and I couldn't do anything. And now that my doctor has prescribed this for me, I can get on a plane. I can fly across the country. I can visit my grandkids. And I can get down the floor and play with them. So thank you for giving me my life back. And as she's telling me this story, she's getting really emotional. And I found myself getting really emotional listening to her. She said, I think about her every day. That's my, that's my purpose. That's why I do my job. She said, rainy Friday afternoon, other sales reps go home. I don't. I make an extra sales call. Difficult healthcare situation, difficult doctor. I push through. I think about her. And so I got out of the car, slept my bags up to the airport, got on my long flight, and I, I just kept turning it over and over in my head because, see, this was a decade ago. People weren't talking about the emotional element of sales that much back then. And so what I kept thinking was this thing called purpose. Is that the magic thing that we've all been looking for that drives top performance? And so I went back to my office when I got home, and I started looking through all the interviews, and I found it. I found it in a couple of the comments. I found it with one representative said, you know, my father was a doctor. That's a much harder job than people realize. I just want to make the doctor's life better. I found it with a representative who said, I'm so excited about the science. And I found five people 
that alluded to this thing that I now call noble purpose. And the interesting thing about the study was it was a blind study. My team and I didn't know who the top performers were when we went out in the field. And so at the end, the biotech company said, who do you think the top people are? And I said, I think it's these five. And I was 100% right. Hmm. And, and if you're making, you're saying, mm, and you're nodding your head, because anyone who's out there listening to this, who's in sales or who's an entrepreneur, the data confirmed what we already know in our hearts to be true. Yeah. And that one young woman who spoke in such emotionally engaging terms, she was a number one performer three years in a row. And so for me, that was a watershed moment. And so I decided to study this across organizations and the data could not be more clear. Salespeople who sell with a noble purpose, who truly want to make a difference to their customers, outsell salespeople focused on targets and quotas. And it's so interesting because we tend to think of people who care about others as people who make less money, as people who, who just give, give, give. But when you're in the right spot, what you're doing when you're selling is you are making a difference, but you have to believe so passionately in what you're doing. And, and that's the thing. And I'll tell you, there's two things that happen. One is with entrepreneurs. I know that's a lot of your audience. They lose sight of the fact that what they came up with, whether it was a new widget or new eyeglasses or cupcakes or whatever it was, usually they came up with that idea and they went into that business because they saw a need. But what happens is the day-to-day -day cadence of business takes over and they feel like what they need is money. And so then when they're calling on people, they feel like, oh my gosh, I need money so badly. I don't want to ask for money. I don't want to ask for money. And you got to get that. You got to stop that mental train because what you're doing is you're providing something to someone. Right. And the other group of people I think that get mixed up is a lot of times when people work for big companies, they also lose sight of the fact that what they're doing actually matters. We work with a plumbing company and we took them through an exercise about what happens if people don't have good working faucets and toilets, what happens if people don't have beautiful bathrooms. And I'm telling you, it matters. It matters a lot. <laughs> oh, I would, I would agree right away. <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah. So one of the things that we do is we use what we call the three discovery questions to help people get clear on their noble purpose. And it's, how do I make a difference? How do I do it differently than my customers? And you'll love this last question on my best day. What do I love about my job? Mm, yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. That's, you know, one of my biggest motivations was when, uh, when I was in sales, um, I, I studied um, to become a coach at the same time. And I saw all these beautiful people, great backgrounds, heart-centered, driven. And we had this one day where we were supposed to learn a whole day about how to sell yourself as a coach. And the whole day turned out to be just half a day because it looked like the people teaching were not really confident with the topic either. And then the reaction in the room, just looking at, you know, these colleagues I trained for like a year, emotionally freaking out and, you know, not wanting to sell their services. And I knew what they could do because, you know, you coach and you, you also get coached. It's, it's such, you know, when I think about supporting people, that's what I think about. If you don't you know, give your gift you, you know, you, you lose out on the whole world and especially the people that need you. 
that need it. And the, and the yeah. thing that's interesting is, um, you, I've been in sales my whole career. And when you tell people I'm in sales, a lot of times you'll get this reaction. Oh my gosh, I could never do that. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'm not a drug dealer for heaven's sakes. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> I don't sell bags of glass to kids. <laughs> but there's this idea that somehow sales is convincing people to do something that they don't want to do. And it's sleazy. And it's, in fact, what we know is the top performers take the opposite approach. And Mm. sales is one of the few professions where we let the people who are bad at it define it. And one of the things I often say is we know there's bad teachers and ministers and engineers out there in the world, but we don't let them define those noble professions. And so it should be the same with sales. And so one of the things that you have to be so clear on is how you are improving the lives of customers. And that's why that first question or the three discovery questions is how do I make a difference? And one of the things that I I hope if you're an entrepreneur listening to this right now that I want to rid you of is this belief that if you have to convince people that there's something sleazy about that Hmm. because there is, and I'll give you a couple of examples. There is nothing sleazy about convincing people that they need to eat healthier. But if you give me a 365 page book on eating healthier in 10 point type with no photos, and it's really hard to access, I'm not going to do it. And so the people that do weight loss who are very well-intended they serve it up for you in the most compelling, easy way. And the reason I use that as an example is you, if you believe that what you do, whatever it is, whether you make cupcakes, whether you are a coach, whether you are an accountant, if you believe that what you're doing truly helps people, and oh, by the way, if you already have customers, you have evidence of that because they wouldn't keep coming back. So look at the people who are buying from you now or look at the idea you have and identify how it makes a difference. If you believe that and you know that in your heart, you have a moral obligation to serve it up in the most attractive possible way, in the way that engages the most people, in the way that makes it the easiest for people to say yes, because it's not their job as the potential customer to figure you out. It's your job to figure them out and then serve up your services in the easiest way. And so for for our company, we have a declarative noble purpose statement. And when I work with clients, that's what we come up with. And in our company, we help leaders drive revenue and do work that makes them proud. We are about two things, making money and making a difference and bringing those together. And so, so the way that I just said that, I help people make money and make a difference. It took me a long time to get our methodology to that point where mm-hmm. I could articulate it that clearly. And I had the title, we're selling with noble purpose. And so now when I talk to people, I say, let's talk about how you could make more money. Let's talk about how you could experience more joy and more happiness and how we get those two things together. Cause that's my job to help you see that. That's not your job to figure it out and then call me and say, Oh, please help me. It's my job. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and that's the, yeah. yeah, that's what entrepreneurs have got to get over. I, and we see it all the time. Accounting is a good example. And um, people will be good accountants, but they're afraid to sell themselves because I don't want to belittle myself by selling myself. And frankly, that's just a cop out. If you don't care enough about what you do 
to assertively go after the market and broadcast it from the rooftops, then then maybe maybe you're not clear enough on how you make a difference. Yeah, yeah. And I, I see something when you go into entrepreneurship, you are taking on really a leadership role. Mm-hmm. You are, um, you know, a role model for the people around you. It's not just your family, but, you know, the people you serve or how you come across in your, in your marketing, what kind of conversations you have. So maybe we can, we can dive into that a little bit. Um, how, how do you feel about being a role model? I mean, you got the book out, Noble Purpose. I mean, those are big words. Um, so I assume that lots and lots of people check what is she doing? What's Lisa doing? How is Lisa doing it? So maybe we can give those entrepreneurs also a different idea on sales because yeah. they, they took on that leadership role if they have a company, even if they yeah. are a solopreneur. Well, and it's kind of scary to think that people are watching you and people are thinking about you in that way. And I remember when I was in college and I took a sales and marketing class in college and this woman, she was actually somebody's mother, came and spoke to us. And, and I'm pretty old, so this was a long time ago. This was like 30 years ago. And so this woman stood in front of us in a, this professional suit and she had written a book and she was the lead, um, she was a head of sales for AT&T and she'd written a book. And I'd never, I didn't even know that existed. I, she is, my 20 year old self wow. was looking at her, everything from what she wore to the way she spoke to the way she charted her career. And I was like, I didn't even know that's possible. And it, 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 her name was Beverly Keeveman. <laughs> I remember everything about wow. her. And the reason I'm sharing this is people are looking at you, especially young people. You know, I was just reading, um, I was actually listening to Michelle Obama's book and she talked about being a role model. And she said, a lot of people who are in lead positions will say, oh no, I'm not a role model. And she said, you are. And you have to accept that. And so what I realize is if you think about every boss you've ever had, you're looking at them. They may not be a good role model, but they are a role model. You're looking at how they conduct themselves and the way they act. And it, and it doesn't mean they have to be perfect in every way. But if you go into a company and you're making a presentation about why they should hire you for you know, your services, your consulting services, the people in that room are looking at you and they're saying, how does this person conduct themselves? And, it, and so in that sense, if you are in any kind of a leadership role, you are a role model. And I want to be super, super clear on this. It does not mean you have to be perfect. In, in fact, the opposite. You are allowed to show and, and it's better to show vulnerability and talk about the things that, you know, especially with younger people that are challenges. Yet at the same time, the way that you conduct yourself, you ought to do it with the knowledge that other people are looking at you. And, and if you are an entrepreneur, you are a role model. Because for every entrepreneur out there, there's a hundred people sitting in a corporate job thinking, wow, I wish I could do that. Hmm. And so it's, it's really about owning your own story and your own language 
and your own behavior. And, and that's why this idea of noble purpose has taken on, taken off, because one of the things that we are really good at as human beings is we, we make instantaneous judgments of each other based on gut reaction. And there's a lot of data that says we're usually right. And so what you need to know is that people are reading you. And if you're coming in unconfident or insecure, they're going to read that. Contrast, if you're coming in thinking, I got to close it, I got to close it, I got to close it, they're going to read that too. And so what I often say is being aggressive is usually because you want something for yourself. Being assertive is because you, you are driven to make a difference to others. And so one of the things that's really helpful for entrepreneurs is if you have clarity about how do I make a difference? Why should people do business with me? If you have clarity in your heart about that, then what people are going to read is I am here and I'm going to assertively pursue this opportunity because I know that I can improve the customer's condition. And that's where that assertiveness should come from, from your deep belief that you can improve the customer's condition. And so that's why those three questions, how do I make a difference? How do I do it differently? And on my best day, what do I love about your, my job? That will help you name and claim your own noble purpose. And you don't even have to be the best in the world. I hope you get there. But all you have to know is I care passionately and I can improve life for this customer. And let that be the galvanizing force of your business. Amazing, amazing. Well, thank you so, so much. I just love this conversation and I'm looking forward to continue it. Great. Let's talk more. Thank you so much for being here, Lisa. What a great reminder, Gorgeous. As entrepreneurs, we are leader and so often we might not even see this. So it is our responsibility to actually sell with noble purpose. Check out Lisa's uh, homepage website at MacLeod and more so that you can get more information about her amazing work because many of her clients are having a growth in their revenue by 250%. And I think that's pretty skyrocketing. So you can go to mccloudandmore.com. McLeod is spelled M-C-L-O-N-D. For all the show notes, the resources that we have mentioned, as well as a transcript, or a link to Lisa's website if that was too complicated. Hop on over to christineschlonsky.com. Check out this episode and just, you know, with one click, it will take you to Lisa's page and all her social media links so that you can connect. Also on christineschlonsky.com, you will find the invitation to join the success library where you can download a free PDF with the sales journaling prompts and those prompts help you to shift your mindset, help you to go maybe from a little bit fearful or not as confident in sales to a stronger salesperson by, you know, being yourself, being authentic and actually having fun. 
So thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe and join us for the next episode where I will deepen the conversation with Lisa. And I'm just saying bye for now. Bye.